hand, I think me on the other hand, I listen to so many different stuff, literally, literally, a lot of different, not non-related music at all sometimes, that I, I simply cannot make things the same way that many people do. Because if you ask me to be the songwriter, I wouldn't be the best in anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's more like a new cuisine comes out of that, that uh, I started to embrace that. And luckily, even early and young, let's say, and started, okay, that's what I have to give back. That's what I can give. Today, I'm talking to the guitarist Daniel Marquez. Daniel, it's so, it's so wonderful to meet you here on Zoom. Likewise. And you are in Spain? Yes, I am in Madrid at the moment. I've been living here for a little bit more than one year. Oh, I see. And where are you from originally? I'm from Brazil, from Rio. Okay. Oh, I see. And what made you um, move to uh, to Madrid then? Uh, well, a bunch of reasons. I mean, mm. how can I say? I, I Previously, I was living in Berlin for six years. Okay. And then I moved to Spain, first to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But then just two months later, the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And especially Barcelona was one of the first places to really go into a strict quarantine, let's say, or lockdown, whatever. So, well, I end up after a while going down to Granada, which is in Andalusia which is like, let's say, half of the price is almost of living in Barcelona <laughs> oh, due yeah. to the circumstances that was sounding good and indeed it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. And plus my the family, my maternal uh, side of my family comes from Granada. Oh, and I see. Okay. Yeah, they left to Brazil, I mean, long while ago. Mm-hmm. And I always had a curiosity, so it was kind of a appropriate choice let's say a proper choice and then later after one year when things started to get a little bit back and they allowed us to move inside the country because here in spain was quite strict you could not sometimes not even leave your city like that mm. was really, was really you know strict in many senses so then i came to madrid uh instead of going back to barcelona I knew some friends here also in Madrid, and uh, since things uh, differently than the initial plan to settle in Barcelona, start a new life there after six years in Berlin, things got chaotic. So I say, all right, let me see a little bit of Spain and live a little bit here and there. And, yeah. Uh, because otherwise I wouldn't have that opportunity never in my life. <laughs> so yeah. we're here one year. So one Six months in Barcelona, one year in Granada, one year in Madrid. I came yeah. to Spain because I really wanted to change the environment and mm. had a lot of curiosity of to get to know Spain better, like living here. Mm. And together with that, uh, Spain is a quite uh, acoustic guitar country, which oh, yeah. is uh, yeah. because of flamenco and stuff, but the classical guitar. So I thought it was uh, interesting to stay around here for a while. Yeah, it's interesting that you say about the pandemic because I think a lot of people changed their plans or their their things worked out differently, but then it worked out in the end also uh, better, you know, than they could have predicted. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't say. I mean, that wouldn't my case. There isn't, I wouldn't define anything, let's say, better in a certain way. Because that uh, I am, first of all, touring musician. So that was like the first time in 20 years that I stay in the same place for that long. Really? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not used to that at all, you know, to stay in one place, let's say. I'm used to be based in one place, but not to stay mm -hmm. in one place. But certainly, of course, I mean, uh, like a big challenge, but some in some senses, sometimes you can optimize or get out the squeeze the best of what you can do or you know and in, in some senses yes that was uh, an interesting experience in some sense i can say that compared to some spanish i know mm -hmm. i yeah i know some places better than they know for example really yeah i mean not speaking for the majority perhaps but many people i know like for example yesterday i met uh, a couple of friends, musicians that they were having a concert here, and uh, my friend he was telling that his his wife is from Barcelona and never even visited Madrid. Really? Yeah, I mean that yeah. can happen. I don't know. Someone from United States has never been to Washington. Okay, you cannot yeah. even compare sizes, but mm -hmm. I mean. That, that that had been an interesting experience on that side of, of seeing. I I have, let's say, a good idea of, uh, I had a good introduction to the Spanish reality, I could say. Okay, yeah. But now you, um, you, you were talking also about acoustic guitar and what uh, initially, when you were, was when you were a child, what initially Spark the the love for guitar. What made you play the guitar or learn the guitar? Yeah, I think I. I mean, Rio is a very musical city. I can say that. And uh, I had like uh, people from my family, my grandmother, my mother, my my aunt that used to play a little bit of piano. They all had piano at home. So like uh, my my aunt used to play a little bit better, but everyone in amateur level, but knew how to read a little bit of music. And my <clears throat> my father was also listening listening to a lot of American music, mostly rock, rock from rock. Let's say I can say from rock mixed with pop, from Elton John to Led Zeppelin to Bob Dylan, from Bob Dylan to uh, Queen. And the side of my mother used to listen to a lot of Brazilian music. She was listening to to so many different stuff. And and then I think my father had a guitar at home. And then I think at some point MTV arrived in Brazil. So that that was when I could see more like these video clips intensively, you know, nearly 24 hours a day. So and especially some live concerts, you know, some extracts from live concerts that eventually became sort of a clip. And I remember, of course, guitar is, let's say, it's not too much to say that it was the, the, that the main instrument of the 20th century, you know, the most popular, I would say. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so at some point that seduced me a lot. And then I, I grabbed the guitar of my father and started to, to hit it a little bit. Yeah. Progressing and meeting friends around and, and getting more into that. 
But did you have a formal, uh, you know, like training? So did you uh, study guitar? I, well, I had a couple of classes, but I, I wasn't interested in classes. It was a little bit of theory around it and stuff. I started when I was like 10 or perhaps 11 years old. So I had no interest. I just wanted to to try to imitate those those bands I could see, or initially some rock bands and stuff. And I think I started to get to connect to some other kids that were kind of beginning to play as well. And I think that's how it happened. And and I had neighbors that they were, especially these neighbors, they, they were very important to me, I would say, in the beginning, because it, it was a family of singers. And they they also recorded with some bossa nova major albums, major composers. So I, they participated actively on that bossa nova movement. So what happened? One of the kids, a bit older than me, he was already playing the bass. And sometimes I was going to his home, and he was uh, with some uh, watching some VHS tapes of uh, classes of Jacopo uh, stories or some jazz stuff he had. And especially during those days, I'm talking about the, the, the late 80s, so a lot of fusion music. So for me, that was listening to rock as a kid. That was sort of rockish jazz. And I mean, that became a reference of someone studying and practicing. So mm-hmm. from there, I could get some, uh, borrow some of these videotapes sometimes and copy the exercise they were proposing there. And I mean, copying whatever was possible according to my limitations at that point. Yeah. But that but that clearly gave me an idea. They, this family, these people, they gave me an idea of uh, associating like practice, like a regular practice and achieving goals in music and yeah. getting going further into that. That that I had this cause and consequence concept oh, yeah. quite early. In that sense. But, of course, I did that very randomly, chaotic, and I still do. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I mean, later I've been to the university, everything, but, I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not that organized. I, I kind of practice regularly every day, nearly every day, but I don't have, a, I am more into, into something than I get into that. More like a book. When I read something, it can be 1,000 pages, but I stay there. I'm not yeah. this kind of people who read three books at the same time. Not oh, necessarily. But now, um, but I find it fascinating if you say you didn't really study music and you play extraordinary. I mean, you're, you're, what you play, <laughs> you. I, I see on, on Instagram, that's amazing. Thank you so much for saying that. Thanks. Yes, I cannot believe that it's, and it comes naturally f- from you. Well, of course, I've met a lot of people who things I could say that come much more naturally for them than for me. I mean, uh, being honest about that, but I, I think that I, I, I put a lot of thought into that. I think that some people they listen listen more to one kind of genre, more yeah. or a few kind of genres, so they got into that a lot. So let's say, uh, 
for example, someone that was into a lot of songwriting, let's say, thinking of the Beatles, for example. Yeah. And then, of course, you, your ears, your language, your the way you you, let's say, you give back your musicality comes into develops into that aesthetics, into that language, into that way, that format. And I think that also it's sometimes very impressive because someone can come and write some songs amazingly and beautifully. And I think me, on the other hand, I listen to so many different stuff, literally, literally, a lot of different, not non-related music at all sometimes, that I, I simply cannot make things the same way that many people do. Because if you ask me to be the songwriter, I wouldn't be the best in anything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's more like a new cuisine comes out of that, that uh, I started to embrace that. And luckily, even early and younger, let's say, and started, okay, that's what I have to give back. That's what I can give. And uh, of course, I had, for example, some, some issues, sometimes in some rock band. And they wanted sometimes people in music, not only music, but I'd say sometimes in music, many people like that you really literally copy the others. And oh, they yeah. see a lot, a lot of quality on that. Mm -hmm. A lot of there's some big part of the market which is like that. And especially for instrumentalists, if you want to be a sideman, for example, which is not my main thing since a long, long many years. And then uh, Eventually, some people wanted me to play some exactly like some American guitar player into some soloing. And what I, the best I think I can do in the end it is to be in the language and have that spirit of the language. But when I when I express it, I, I express it with my accent, which is, in my understanding, that's something positive. But that's not not many people agree with that. Not many people are interested this way. So let's say all, all this development is a consequence of some chaotic, but still intense way to, to be experiencing music in everyday life, let's say. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it makes sense what you're saying, because I think if you listen to just uh, the same things over and over again, you cannot, like you can, can totally... Um, do your own thing because you have been listening to many things so you don't have those boundaries to say oh it has to sound like this or it has to be like that yeah it's it is yeah and and i i you know sometimes uh, uh, uh what i can be mistaken is that uh looking looking music this way could be something Artificial in the sense of I'm theorizing, you know, and uh, by that uh, evaluating, like this is the biggest goal someone should have. I honestly cannot do differently. Yeah. And and uh, and now nowadays, let's say, I understand it's way better. Before was more intuitively, but because because life gives you, if you put yourself in life, life gives you a lot of feedback. And eventually, people around you can also give mistaken feedbacks, let me put it this way. Meaning, for example, one of the things that when I was playing, 
first, there are some myths. Some people think that because you play instrumental music, there is some sort of, and I think it first it comes from classical music, I would say. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of, many people, and that can be a problem with singers, for example, many people assume that you like complex stuff and you don't like singing music, you don't like songs, right? And in my, in my understanding, that's absolutely, it's absolutely like if you have a coffee shop, someone assumes that you don't like to drink wine or beer. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Just, oh, sorry, I specialize in coffee. I do coffee. I sell coffee. <laughs> I hope I'm really trying to make my coffee very special. When you come here, you're going to taste something different. But it has nothing to do with other amazing possibilities of drinking something. And in music, I really feel this way. So let's say, let me put it even in a different way. If I was this producer of wine, something very complex, and this wine made throughout the years, and right? And that wouldn't cause me any problem to find interesting something simpler, like a simple coffee, for example. Let's say. Yeah. So in that sense, I think people also create this sort of, uh, I think, not really healthy in the end, hierarchy or this over-evaluating music, instrumental music or classical music in a certain way or complexity in a way that complex is just complexity. If you want to write a romance, if, if, if you want to read Shakespeare, Hamlet, that's one thing. If you want to read the, an article in the newspaper, is another thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think people have really trouble in, in, in organizing these experiences in their life and eventually create a lot of distorted uh, uh, ideas about it. For example, I think that this thing of playing instrumental music shouldn't doesn't 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 avoid me of, of enjoying anything else and 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 lot of in the other hand lot of things that people are telling me ah you know this music you play it's too complex or you are trying let's say you're being a little bit naive that's i heard a lot you're being a little bit naive to to invest on this and in the end nobody the the the, the, the regular public they don't like that kind of thing people like songs or if you want to play something instrumental, you should play something that they already know or something more known, right? I heard this a lot. So my conclusion, why I'm getting to detail because of that, because I think the greatest feedback ever I got, it is to tour in many corners of the world with that music and see that teenagers or older people in book clubs or in jazz clubs or bigger festivals playing for the young or whatever, many cultures. If you if you're really delivering something well, I think this way, let's say I rehearse a lot, I, I dedicate myself to that a lot. So in that sense, I present something that I'm ready to do so. And that's the big myth. People like music, period. Yeah. <laughs> And that's something that sometimes people people try to create a lot of concepts around it just to, in the end, even people get a little bit brainwashed, those who don't get money by saying that. But they say like, okay, what the public likes is this radio music, and that's it. 
the pop, radio music, mainstream and stuff. I said, okay, people like that also, but yeah. there's a lot of a, a lot of people out there that they like music and mm -hmm. they like to experience that. And I think that's also something that made me feel more in peace with what I'm doing, you know. I think you're right. And I think it's 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 also how you know two people can tell a story. And somebody who tells it with enthusiasm and who really believes in the story can be more persuasive. And I think it's the same with musicians and it's the same with all forms of art. That if you can really show, you know, what you're doing, then people will also accept it like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think... Uh... Uh, when you are on stage, you are it's the same experience as you are the actor. Yeah. You can you can destroy Hamlet or you can make Hamlet amazing. Exactly. Yeah. I think let's say if you are ready to express Hamlet via your voice, then you do it. Mm -hmm. If you are not, don't do it. And it's, it's the same with comedy, for example. If you don't have that taste to make people laugh, yeah. you should do some other genre, not exactly. comedy, right? You should yeah. not be a comedian. I mean, that's a, a, a simple way to to define mm -hmm. it also. Don't tell a joke if you're not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Say something interesting rather, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, Daniel, I saw on, on, on Instagram, I've been looking through all your videos that you posted and you do you you really do many different genres is there something that you that's a favorite for you to do i would say that uh, i i feel really more than anything i really feel connected to the brazilian music okay. and that that comes not from some sort of nationalistic or political when it comes to that it's more i i believe that brazil is one of those places one of these few places because i don't think there are so many nowadays out there one of these few places where you still uh you still have some some genuine music going on or at least the possibility of that you can open that treasure box whenever you want and dig into that forever and since i i believe that for many reasons uh, and i can say that only in a comparative way of course i think that even if united states or other countries who have a big big modern mixture of people i still think that, that brazil's the the brazil's the one that it's more like indian cuisine okay. you see that soup that sauce and that sauce, you cannot identify those 10 elements which are there, right? Yeah. And differently than some other cuisines that can get a little bit less sophisticated in that sense that you see the potato, you see the broccoli, you see the, the meat, right? That's. And I think that Brazil is very much like that. There's some result out of this big mixture. It's more of a soup. And for example, compared to United States where people still define eventually, not everyone, but still, it's normal to find 
some people who define them as Irish American, Italian American, so I on. Am. Mm-hmm. I think in, in Brazil that concept doesn't exist. You are Brazilian, that's it. That tells a little bit this small nuance I'm I'm saying. And I think in the music, uh, the industry didn't destroy all the 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 music who 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 doesn't have much commercial interest in the sense oh, of yeah. an expression of a certain people, of a certain community. I think that you still have that a lot in Brazil. Like mm-hmm. here in Spain, it's fascinating when you go to Andalusia because they still have that there with the flamenco. You really have people who they leave that culture, they don't know how to play anything else. They are not into a certain industry or they are not shaped by that, not driven by that. They really, that works for them there. And that's it, you know. Yeah. And they don't have eventually that strong ambitious to do something that's going to have a big breakthrough on something. They are doing into the reality. What I mean by that is that that's very seductive to me in the sense that if I don't do that, nobody else will do because I come from that place and, and I live that music. So... Let's say it's like if it was a very interesting language that has reminiscences from a blending of lots of grammars from everywhere. So in a sort of, well, United States is like that, for example. That's pretty much like that. I just see Brazil still, in a comparative way, a little bit more primitive. Okay. In that sense. You can really see some folk stuff happening that nobody exactly knows how it works. You have to go there and stay there. You still... More, more similar to Africa in that sense, let's say. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, I, if I would pick up because of these reasons, I, 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 I relate more to Brazilian music as that, as if it was my main priority. So what is the, what is now the wish for you for the future? Because you, you're in Spain now. So what, what are the plans for the future? That's a very good question. I made myself many times and I don't know a precise answer to that because the pandemic really disorganized my life completely. Uh, and then I started thinking of some concrete plans, you know, thought about to apply for doctorate studies or, you know, recording a new album and a lot of things in a concrete way I can think. But the the the... <laughs> Still, the number one for me, what I would really like to do in the pain of whatever more structured plan is to go back on touring, to go back on touring and play on many stages as possible and meet people, get this energy from from the public. And I cannot think of something at this point more important than that Mm -hmm. at all. That's very clear. That's the most fulfilling thing I can do in my life, you know. Well, many people who made wishes here, their wishes came true. So I'm sure you'll be touring soon. <laughs> <laughs> I have some small tour in Europe now in in, in November. Oh, okay. okay. But, yeah. Do you organize all your tours yourself? Well, most of the time, yes. Mm. Most okay. of the time. Yeah. And I started doing that so much that someone that could 
that I would consider that would do that better than me would be too expensive. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I do that. Of course, I had some people helping or eventually punctually some some people helping. Of course, I'm speaking, yeah. let's say, for the last uh, 15 years. That's mm -hmm. it. But now, uh, this if you say you organize it, so you... You approach theaters and say, or, or venues and say that you want to do the concert there, and and you organize it like that. It's 50 50. Uh, most of the time I offer, but let's say, as in many business, businesses, that's the, 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 the plural, right? Uh, the best offers come when people invite me. Okay. Usually, yeah. usually, usually, yeah. usually, not when I go after them. Someone mm -hmm. who, who who knows what I'm doing or gets my my music recommended, suggested by someone else. This kind of thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I send material like a promo promotional material, or when I have a tour passing by somewhere, then try to connect with some city or country nearby or when i go to Scandinavia, i try to reach you know all those four countries there this kind of thing mm, yeah well that's i mean that's also a a part of the industry that or the business that we don't always think about is that you have to have that business sense also and that yeah. um you know how to do it and and to to promote yourself in that sense from everything what i what i got most tired and uh, really lost motivation in the sense of this is this is boring in the end mm -hmm. to do this more organizing part of it yeah. like it's many hours on the computer really have to be well in 100 percent professional in that otherwise it doesn't work or keep following up emails you send or keep tracking, you know. And I made a lot of mistakes of people telling me, for example, ah, now we are, this festival is fully booked, but writers again in autumn or winter when they start booking the next year. And this email get lost somewhere, you know. Yeah. And then when I get back to that, it's, it, is, uh, it is too late. Hmm. Or this is a kind of common mistake, I mean, that can happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Just be silly. I mean, speak about myself. Sometimes I could be silly to really lose connection with someone. Mm. Because it's so much, sometimes too much material. I'm speaking about thousands of contacts eventually. And that's not really easy to organize yourself. Or, let's say, to do that job really well, you have to really be ready to spend lots of time you know mm -hmm. when you think it's a lot it's going to be much more than that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i learned you know? and that only yeah. works if you think like at least mid if not the long term mm -hmm. otherwise forget it you mm -hmm. have to understand that take years of Sometimes I'm sending material to people that five years later they they kind of feel, yeah, you know, now it's time to invite that guy. Really? Oh, 
yeah, because if you talk to people, I mean, some some producers I know or organizers of festivals and venues, you talk to them. Internet in the beginning was amazing. Mm -hmm. I still sometimes I think of giving up because, I mean, it came to a level where internet is not that useful anymore. That's that's my point of view. It's way more downside than the opposite. We can mm -hmm. see that in politics. We can see that on people fighting and arguing and being like in in a daily basis is internet. Like Facebook, a lot of people lost interest because of this big uh, uh, aggressivity. I mean, big yeah. aggression verbally. It's nonstop, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my friends, they say, man, I have a, a, a friend of mine that he's a guitar player, but organizer. that his festival became really big in Finland. So he's not really playing guitar anymore. Mm -hmm. But he was telling me, man, this finger of mine today, it's the delete finger. It's not to play guitar anymore. Okay. And he said something absurd, like around 100 emails daily of people offering him to play his festival. Really? Yeah. And uh, the point and I understand that very well, it is, he doesn't even open the emails. He just starts deleting. It's just uh, became uh, physically impossible. It's just not doable to be reading 100 proposals every day. For what? Yeah. yeah. For what? I mean, I understand him very well. And 10 years ago, I had way more chance that someone would, would open and he read my proposal. Mm. Now it's like everyone feel harassed all the time. That's that's what happens. Yeah. That's that's what the, the internet provoked in all of us. Mm. We just don't want people don't even want you to call them on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's yeah. really it's not a plus anymore. It's mm. the the last hours you can get online, people find it better. Or let me say, if you're gonna spend full time in the internet. I want it to be 100% my way. Yeah. And that defies a little bit the concept of real interaction, no? because everyone, it's like me, 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 my thing, my way. I don't want to talk if it's not going to benefit in me in some way. Yeah. And I think in the end, we lose a little bit of this more chaotic or random way of socializing mm -hmm. that... That that life can surprise you by giving you something that you're not searching for, but still it was way better than what you were searching for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I I believe that in that. I actually spoke to somebody yesterday about this as well. About you know sometimes you have these ideas of where you want to go, or what you want to do, but. Sometimes life brings you something completely different and uh, so much better. It's interesting what you, you would say about the pandemic or something good. Mm. I will tell you, it's not related to music, but the best thing that happened to me during the pandemic by far was getting this dog here. Really? <laughs> I thought he was one month like this and... I, I, man, I, I think it was the one of the best things that happened to me in the last year. Mm. It's just so, uh, is is he going with you on tour? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I wish, and I think he would wish the same. <laughs> but anyway, but have a lot of fun with your dog, and I wish, so I wish much. all your wishes come true that you uh, travel, that you do a lot of touring, and I hope you come to Vienna as well. Yeah, I, I, I will come there at some point, soon, yeah. more sooner than later, and for so sure. Let, yeah, let me know, and then we can grab a coffee. Sure, sure. Yeah. And thank okay. you so much for inviting me for, for this project. Really, uh, it's really a good. Great pleasure. It was so lovely to talk to you. Likewise. Okay, Daniel. Have a lovely Bye. evening. Have a nice evening too. Ciao, thank ciao. you. Bye. What what is his name? It's Lobo. Lobo. It's yeah. yeah. He's just here. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. He's a beautiful dog. At the moment, uh, I'm even thinking to put him in this beauty competition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>